This podcast is brought to you through a partnership between the Tennessee Early Intervention System and the Treatment and Research Institute for Autism Spectrum Disorders. My name is Shannon Pargin, and I'm the Strategic Planning Coordinator for Tennessee's Early Intervention System. And today I'm joined by Tiffany Dixon. She's a developmental therapist at Emory Valley Center in the Knoxville, Tennessee region. She graduated from the University of Tennessee with a degree in child development, focusing on early childhood and deaf interpreting. She has an experience working as a child care caregiver, educator, and director. She's also presented at various conferences on using sign language to promote language development in early childhood, as well as the importance of play-based learning. Before working in early intervention, Tiffany was a program coordinator at Helen Ross McNabb Center, where she worked with pregnant women in a residential treatment program for addiction, mental health, and co-occurring disorders. Tiffany also had a dual role as the director of the child care program that enrolled children ages age zero to four that were born with NAS. She gained much experience and knowledge about substance abuse and the effects on children in utero. Tiffany continues to be an advocate for mental health, trauma-informed care, addiction treatment, and child abuse prevention. And so we are coming at you live from our Building Best Practice conference where Tiffany is a repeat performer. She's been here multiple years to talk about neonatal abstinence syndrome. And she's done two sessions, one yesterday and one today, on that topic. And so, Tiffany, why don't you tell us a little bit about your sessions and how they've gone and what you talked about? Well, first, I want to say thank you for having me. Um, I'm always shocked every year when they keep asking me to come back because uh, I keep doing the same presentation topic about neonatal abstinence syndrome, which is what we uh, shorten to NAS. And I'm always surprised by how many repeat uh, people keep coming back to the same presentation trying to gain more information. Uh, my, my presentations uh, the past few years have all been about NAS and in intrauterine drug exposure. Uh, NAS stands for neonatal abstinence syndrome. I also use the term substance exposed infant. And one thing that I always talk to families about and educators about is that there is a difference between NAS and being substance exposed. When a child is born um, going through withdrawal symptoms, they are diagnosed with NAS. But a child that has been substance exposed does not always get an NAS diagnosis. So that can be a different criteria if they wanted to um, get services through TEIS because there's not an eligibility for substance exposure. And one thing that is very interesting to me is that you have so many children that are substance exposed that might have more severe symptoms than a child that may have been diagnosed with NAS. This is, the NAS diagnosis is something with TIS that we have seen a tremendous increase in the number of babies that are diagnosed with this condition. So I think that's probably part of the reason we ask you to come back (laughs) so often. It's a really high interest topic. But also I think it's one that presents a lot of unique challenges. And so I think, what are some of the questions you get from people who attend your sessions? Um, Some of the questions I get uh, are about sleep deprivation, that the child is not sleeping, they're having trouble going to sleep and staying asleep, and that's pretty much all through infancy and toddlerhood. I get a lot of questions on um, how to help the child self-regulate, how to teach them to be soothed. 
um, how to deal with behaviors as they get older when they're toddlers, um, those type of challenging behaviors like aggression and biting um, and how to help them get through that because these families are just, they're having a really difficult time with that. Um, and, I, and I especially hear that when I go to the daycares, when I hear the child in the classroom is climbing over furniture or hanging from you know, the windowsill and constantly crashing into um, the beanbag chairs. It's, those are probably the biggest topics that people will always ask me about. So what are your strategies that you typically offer in your sessions for families and for the professionals who are there in the room? Well, um, I would ask more information about what age is the child. So this year was the first time that I really separated my sessions into one being solely on infants, and the second one was on um, after the age of 12 months. So those toddlers, preschool age, um, they are they're different strategies for both. So for an infant, uh, we would recommend swaddling. Swaddling is one of the first things that I teach um, the caregiver uh, how to do a proper swaddle. We do um, how, what that means and what's happening to their brain when they're being swaddled and how that soothes them, not just by feeling that comfort, but it's actually releasing dopamine in their brain to help them relax. Um, some of the other strategies I give is something called an elevator rock, which is where you take the infant and hold them facing outward and um, slowly bring them up and down. Um, that is going to help soothe the child versus if you're taking an infant and cradling them in your arm and swaying side to side. An infant that's been substance exposed actually will do better calming if you do them um, vertically. Uh, another strategy that we talk about is, and this is really across the board, is um, trying to do the less stimulation, the least amount of stimulation as possible. So looking at your environment and how we can um, decrease the temperature, really do low temperature, like 68 degrees, um, doing blackout curtains, maybe using a sound machine um, that's a white noise, mm -hmm. and possibly even if that child is so overstimulated that touch is not working with them, maybe swaddling them and putting them in a safe place and walking away just to give them some time to calm down. Um, but for toddlers, some of those things that we talk about is giving them a little bit more of heavy work opportunities. And heavy work is something that we do with our whole body. They, they have a difficulty also releasing hormones and chemicals in their brain to help calm themselves and regulate. So heavy work is something that I suggest. Um, and that could mean putting um, books in a pillowcase and having them drag it down the hallway or helping take off the trash or um, going up the stairs while they're wearing um, a backpack that has maybe some weights in it. Or um, I gave a suggestion recently to a family um, where the boy, little boy likes to play outside a lot and we started adding like ankle weights to the car. So that way when he was riding in the car, he was getting some of that input um, from doing something that he's already really active with, but just adding an, an extra weight to it. Um, weighted blankets is also something that we suggest and some, and this is where, um, I really have to team up with an OT and get in a good relationship with them and, and communicate effectively because though these are some strategies that are really helpful for children that have NAS or substance exposure, 
Um, but I need an OT to like, you know, make sure that they're being supervised and, and get the, the proper recommendation. So we do, um, we know that weighted blankets will help some of these children, joint compressions, brushing, things like that, um, that they can show them the proper way to do them and know the proper weight limit. Um, but OT is also something that if we see the behaviors increasing, that's when I typically will do a referral um, to help. And that, and that's also going to help with sleep too. It's a lot of these strategies. Um, it's, as you're talking, I'm thinking, I employ a lot of these in my personal life. <laughs> so it's really interesting um, to think that they're effective for a lot of different people, for a lot of different mm-hmm. things, but particularly um, with children. But I, I like that you're talk about the importance of teaming up to use these things safely with young children. Um, so do you have any, um, you know, you've been doing this work for a long time. Do you have any personal uh, stories that you wanted to share about your work or anything with NAS? Sure. Um, there is about a million stories that go through my brain about all of the children that I've worked with that have left an impact on me and, I could share a lot of those with you, a lot of success stories um, using these strategies. But one of the stories that sticks out in my mind the most is a personal story that happened to me when I was pregnant (laughs) with my daughter. Um, I had a fibroid tumor with my daughter. So when I was carrying her, it made my pregnancy high risk. It was very difficult. Um, I had a lot of pain that came with that through uh, the pregnancy that landed me in the hospital multiple times. Um, One of the last times that I went to the ER, they were monitoring me and my child, and I was in so much excruciating pain, it actually put her in distress and ended up being very, very dangerous to the point where they said to safely for us to get her out of distress and for me to calm down, we needed to do pain medication, something that was pretty, um, you know, an intense medication. Um, And I think it may have been something stronger than Lortab, but I can't remember. Um, But they did tell me that once they injected the medicine that they would also be leaving and calling DCS. And (laughs) at that moment, I was... It was just such an ironic moment because, you know, I've been giving these presentations for years. I've been in this field for a long time. Um, it, but the fact that me, someone who trains other people on on children that have substance exposure, I ended up being someone that they called DCS for because they were exposing my child to substance. Um, the same person who injected the medicine in my body was the same person who dialed the DCS number to report me. And it just felt so ironic that I'm sitting there having the choice of keeping my do- my child in distress, which could have led to extreme prematurity because she would have to be delivered, or having a report from DCS. Um, and of course, I know people at DCS, and how you know horrible that would be for my name and my reputation. And it it was it was very difficult, and it put me in such a different perspective at that moment that sometimes we are doing something that is best for our child 
even though it's going to have repercussions. And that in itself is um, such a personal experience that I share with people because we look at the mothers that, um, the biological mothers of these children that were born with NES or substance exposure, and we're not realizing the back story. We're not realizing the history. We're not looking at the culture and how that was affected and how, you know, they were taking anxiety medicine from, you know, something that was going to hurt the child if they didn't continue or if they were to stop immediately once they found out they're pregnant, that that it would have hurt the child. Um, so there's a lot of stigma related to substance exposure and NAS. And I think that was the, you know, even though working in this field and working with biological mothers in, um, in recovery, that experience just really opened my eyes to how easily it is to, you know, have a DCS report, how easily it is to have a child that was born substance exposed. That story still brings out emotion in you, but it it's obvious that it's made you a better practitioner. And then you bring that to this conference and you bring your experiences and then you share that with us and you help make us all better. So we appreciate you so much for sharing and for your wisdom and your training and for being here and for speaking with us today. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoy coming and speaking at the conference and speaking with other um, providers and educators and families. It's a, it's a pleasure and I, I just want to share the information so we can help these children and these families in our community. Thank you.